g'day. I always play up my Aussiness when I get to preach. Can I hear a g'day in the room? Oh, I loved that. Let's do it again. G'day. Yeah, oh, that was like less, but still good, still good. I've got Corey on the visuals, fellow Aussie back there, backing me up today. Yes, oh, I love this. Um, we are, today is Pentecost Sunday, as Emma just mentioned to us. Um, and this is the day where we remember the Holy Spirit being poured out on the church. Jesus goes back to heaven and he says, wait for this gift, this amazing gift. It's even better that I go back so that you can receive the gift of my Holy Spirit. And this is what we remember. Pentecost was a Jewish festival. All the disciples were gathered together in one room. They actually had no idea what was going to happen. Something big did happen. Um, and they, they said, wait, Jesus said, wait for the promised Holy Spirit. And so we're just going to read this account in Acts 2. If you've got your Bible with you, do open it up. The words will also come up on the screen. Let's have a look together. Starting with verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. All right, I'm just going to race ahead a little bit, but basically what happens next, this was quite a full-on sound. People could hear all of these languages and, and people had gathered in Jerusalem from so many different places and they all heard um, God being praised in their own tongue and they said, what on earth is going on? So this huge crowd comes in and then some of them were like, whoa, these people are drunk. I know what's going on. And then Peter basically gets up and makes a speech, you know, so that's the scene of what happens next. So we're going to jump to Two, Acts 2, 14. Then Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. <laughs> it's possible though, isn't it guys? It's possible. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Isn't that good news? These are the days that we are living in now. And, and for context, we are in a sermon series called The Beauty of the Gospel. And so if you've missed the last three Sundays, I'd really encourage you to go to our website, um, go and check it out. The first week was on what is this gospel message that we believe in. So that's a really key one to go back and have a look at. The second one was on forgiveness. And last week we looked at victory over the darkness. And today I get to preach on power, the power of the gospel. Yes. So we actually do have a beautiful slide with a beautiful graph graphic of the beauty of the gospel, yet I chose to do this. 
I'm just fully owning it because I was like, you can't talk about the Holy Spirit without a fire emoji. And I really should have done more fire emojis. Uh, I love a bit of silliness. Um, But we can put on that slide later if you'd like to check it out. It's beautiful. It's on the website. Go and have a look. Um, Let's go to the next slide. We're going to look at um, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20. This is one line I've pulled out of this Paul's letter to the Corinthians. He says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. In Mark 16, again, this is the risen Jesus. So he has risen from the dead, and this is what he says to his disciples. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation, and these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. Side note, that bit is quite weird. Because not many people do that, but still, they will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. Then we look at Acts chapter 1, verse 8. This is again the risen Jesus before telling them to go and wait for the Spirit. He says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So the scriptures tell us here, and there are so many more scriptures that I could pull out from the New Testament that talk about this power that was poured out on the church. The gospel message is actually incomplete, guys, without accompanying signs of power. I'm going to say that again. The gospel message is incomplete without the accompanying signs of power. And this isn't just power to show off and be like, oh, we're going to be a bit like Harry Potter. Let's get some interesting tricks happening. No, this is the power of God coming in to testify that Jesus has risen from the grave, that there is a new kingdom in town. The power must back up the message. This should be the normal experience of Christian living. I'll say it again. Signs of power is the normal experience of Christian living, no matter what our experience has been. We live in the now and the not yet. You might have heard this sort of phrase before. So that means that Jesus has come. He has died on the cross. He has risen again. He has made it possible for us to know God, for all things to be reconciled and healed and made right. But we are living in this weird gap where we're still living with darkness um, under the influence of sin, the consequences of sin in this world. But Jesus is coming again. So that's what it means. He has come and he is coming again. And we're in this in-between time where he says, I poured out my spirit on the church and you can expect to see in-breaking of the kingdom in the here and now as a foretaste of what will come fully then when Jesus returns and he wraps everything up. This is such good news. And Jesus promised to give the Holy Spirit to 
all who believe in this message. He promises to pour out his spirit. He delights to give his spirit. He even says, um, oh, why wouldn't I as a father give good gifts to my children? And so if you're sitting there today just hearing this and you're just a bit tired going, what's she talking about? The father is here, as Emma was saying, the father is here saying, you have no idea how good I am and how good life can be. I want to give you my spirit today. I want to give you my spirit today. So I just want to give you a heads up that I'm going to talk a little bit about this power. But then again, in the spirit of this, this is not about talk. This is about experiencing the power of God. So I'm going to talk a bit about it and then we're just going to wait and ask the Spirit to come and encounter us and fill us and do all that he wants to do. Is that okay with you? That's just where we're heading. Um, If it freaks you out, it's okay. You can just drift to the back, go for a toilet break. That's okay. We're not going to do anything scary. All right. Let's move on to the next slide. In the New Testament, there are four Greek words that are used for power, but the two most prevalent ones are dunamis and exousia. Should we say that together? Dunamis, exousia. I love that. That did sound a bit like Harry Potter, like a exousia. It's not. Don't worry. It's not a spell. Um, dunamis is the most prevalent one. It is mentioned 117 times in the New Testament. And fun fact, it's actually the root word for where we get dynamite and dynamic. So it's got this sense of explosion and change and something happening. And it's basically the ability or capacity to do miracles and supernatural, marvellous works. I love the word. I love that. Marvellous works. Um, So we're talking about the healing, the deliverance, the raising the dead, the miracles, even like changing water into wine. That was the dunamis of Jesus. Okay, so in dunamis, another interesting fact is also in the nature of the word, it's inherent to a person. So it's not just like a force or a power floating around. It is actually part of the nature of God. It resides in his nature, this dunamis, this power. Our God is powerful and he deposited it. He gave, Jesus was the first one that got to be baptised in the spirit. He deposited his dunamis into Jesus and Jesus submitted to that. And we'll talk a bit about that later. Then the the second one is exousia. I'm not going to go into that as much, but that means delegated authority. So basically Jesus was delegated all authority by the Father. And he now says to us, he said to his disciples, I've given you all authority, so go, make disciples, go, heal the sick, cast out demons. He's the one that has the power. He's the one that has the authority. And he's imparted it to us, his church. Crazy times. All right, so what does the Holy Spirit's power do? So much. I'm going to, I'm going to, these were some that I came up with. I think it covers most things. But I want to start with this one. It's actually only by the power of the Holy Spirit that we really know Jesus, that we can actually, when we're singing about this love, say, I've tasted it for me. 
I know, I know I'm a son or a daughter because I've heard him call me by name and speak into my deepest fear and my pain and answered my deep heart questions. That's the kind of knowing that I'm talking about. And then this is an ongoing thing that as we continue to be filled with his spirit, that's how we are transformed. And yes, there are things that we then just need. We can't just wait for a buzz by the spirit and be like, oh, I'm not going to change that about my life because I haven't been, you know, had a zap from the spirit lately. No, no, we don't do that. But it is by the power of the spirit that we walk out differently, that we become more and more like Jesus When I was um, 14, I was filled with the Holy Spirit for the first time. And prior to that, I'm a pastor's kid. I had heard the gospel all my life. I'd heard about the love of Jesus, but I was also a kid that was drowning in feelings of despair and worthlessness. And it wasn't until I had this encounter with the power of the Spirit that his love, guys, his love transformed me. Honestly, I went, it was like an overnight thing. And I just want to say over you, if you are feeling, struggling with despair, this is possible. There can be a dramatic shift when you encounter the love of God. Yes, it's an ongoing thing, but we sometimes I think we lose faith for an instant transformation just from encountering his love. And I went away, I became the most joyful, joy-filled, probably a little bit more like you see me today. I just didn't shut up. I was so, I would talk to anyone I could find at school about Jesus. Um, That is not within my own strength, guys. That's just from a power encounter with his love. Um, Paul says to the Ephesians, I pray that he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you may have power to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And I, I really had a sense that there were some in the room that this is what the Lord wants to do for you. You may have had an encounter with his spirit and his love before, but it's time. Maybe you don't know what I'm talking about. It's time today if you would like that. Okay, the next one, we receive spiritual gifts. So I'm not sure if you know about the spiritual gifts. There's a whole list of them in the Bible in 1 Corinthians 12, and we are told to eagerly desire them. And again, these were given, as we just heard about in the Acts account. They started to speak in other tongues. What a mysterious gift that is is there was they began to prophesy there was um, healing gifts so all sorts of gifts that were poured out on the church and we they are for a purpose we need those gifts to be built up we need them to do the things as the church that he's called us to do we are equipped to share the gospel with boldness this is a huge one. So again, if you read further in the Acts account, you will see there are other times where the Spirit comes and fills a house. They had a lot of like shaking and wind-blowing action back then. It'd be quite fun to see that happen again today. Um, but one of the main results was it says then they, then they were filled with boldness and they went and preached. They went and preached the gospel with boldness. And this is part of what happens is that it's not meant to stay in here. Jesus' heart is for the lost. His heart is for his world. His heart is, it's like a 
such good news that it can't be contained. That's what needs to burst out of us. And that's what he does. We can do miracles, supernatural signs and wonders. So there's healing, there's deliverance, there's all the things that we see in the Bible. If you've been around KXC for a little bit of time, you would have heard some stories about we're trying to... um, Groups of us go out on the street, um, share the gospel, offer to pray for people. We've seen signs of healing coming in. You know, sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't, sometimes it's partial. But God is breaking in people having prophetic words for people on the street. As we make ourselves available to to this, God is breaking and he's doing it. We see radical transformation and renewal of society when the Spirit is poured out in power. So again, if we look at Acts 2, the community of believers were known for their radical hospitality. This exploded a love in them for each other and for their community that had huge impact. The early church was known for rescuing abandoned babies, for caring for the sick, for caring for widows, for orphans. They were the ones who stepped in and became the answer to the pain in the area and were like a light of hope in the darkness. And just as then, this is what happens when we get set on fire with the Spirit's power. It's not just for in church. It's not even just for preaching the gospel on the streets. It's for the transformation of wherever we are, for life to break out, for a message of hope to break out, whether it's among our neighbours, whether it's in the sector that we happen to be working in, our workplaces, our friends, God is wanting to do something even there. I know many of you are thinking of your workplace like your boring workplace or just, you know, like the mundane. Even there, the spirit is ready to break out, to give you like prophetic vision, prophetic business decisions, prophetic strategy. He wants to bring renewal to all things. And then finally, we get to do greater things than, than Jesus did which is mind-blowing. And I wouldn't have said that unless Jesus had said it. So he actually said, and he even starts this with very truly, which kind of mean like, listen up, guys, this is very true. I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I've been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And he's referring to the Holy Spirit come, coming, if you read further. So all the things Jesus did on the earth are just the baseline, guys. There's not a limit. Like, if you think of the variety of things he did, from turning water to wine to um, power coming out of him and a woman with a chronic illness getting healed to raising the dead to just, you know, blind eyes opening, all the things, it was quite a variety. And he is saying, you know, more than this, more than this, my spirit is going to do. I know. Amen. Thanks, Nia. (laughs) So I just want to look really briefly before we pray at how do we receive and operate in the power of the spirit. I'm going to go through this quite quickly. The first one is it's by faith. We receive this as a gift by faith. This is not to do with striving or working for it. It's not about how holy you are. Like everything in the kingdom, we receive this 
by faith through his grace. We just need to believe it. We just need to believe that he wants to give this to us. The second one is in our weakness. Oh, we don't love talking about weakness, do we? But actually, we need to acknowledge our weakness if we're going to operate by the power of the Spirit. Peter and the early disciples were not all together, guys. They were not strong. Most weren't educated. They didn't have religious or social status at all. They were ordinary blokes like fishermen, probably teenagers, who'd just been around Jesus for a bit. They'd made many mistakes and had doubts. Go back and read through the Gospels if you don't believe me. So that they knew that when this power was poured out in them and through them and they were doing these miraculous signs and wonders, it had nothing to do with their strength. It had nothing to do with them. Isn't that encouraging? Isn't that encouraging? There's a, um, a bit of a funny story. I was reading in a book, old book now called Power Evangelism by a guy called John Wimber um, about when they were praying. They, they came over to England. They were in quite a like, fairly conservative Anglican church at the time with a team of them. And he said, my brother-in-law, Bob, prayed over a woman who was blind in one eye. When she told him what her problem was, he heard her incorrectly, thinking that she had said, I have arthritis. So he prayed for her to be healed of arthritis, which she didn't have, resulting in her receiving sight. Her response was to begin yelping, something not well received by many in the congregation. Bob almost fainted. (laughs) And what I love about that, and I've had that experience in my life as well, where I thought I was praying for something, um, and actually God did something completely else, and all it was, I just made myself available. He was like, oh, you, I'm going to work anyway. And it's not, guys, it's not having the perfect prayers. Like, so often we go, oh, I'm not that holy kind of person, or I'm really new to faith. I don't know how to pray a prayer. Do you know, again, by the Spirit, we don't even have to find words. This is the beauty of this. He will use anyone. He will use you. You only need to just believe him and have the smallest bit of faith. And it's not about how together you are, how holy. He will use you. Okay, finally, in surrender and obedience. In surrender and obedience. When we are people filled with the Spirit, we actually need to learn to follow and obey the voice of the Spirit and to say, like Jesus, not my will but yours. Jesus said that he would only do what he saw the Father doing. He was so dependent on his father's instruction and just where the spirit led him. And it's so important, guys, with this stuff that we realise it is not about us. We are going to see it when we're surrendering to him. We need to let go of our ideas of success, which is like, oh, did it work? Did the prayer work? Did the person come to faith? That is none of our business. (laughs) We are submitting to where the Spirit's leading us, doing what he's called us to do, no matter what the results. So you might step out in faith and share the gospel and, and feel like a fool and look like a fool. You might pray for someone. This has happened to me many a time. You know, pray for someone to healing. They don't get healed right there and then. But that, again, that's none of our business. It's his business. Like, God, this is on you. This is on, this is on you. Or, you know, and again, maybe we heard wrong as well. 
And that's okay. It's about us learning to be in step with his spirit, learning to hear his voice. And at times, guys, you know, it says that we can actually grieve the Holy Spirit when we push our agenda before his, where we, don't, where we ignore the prompting of the spirit because it's going to make us uncomfortable. Just thought I'd mention that. We need to learn to surrender to him as he teaches us to know his voice. So we're going to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to fill us in a moment, but I just want to finish with a testimony that Iona shared. Do you want to share it again like you share it or I can share it? Yeah, I actually think because Iona's in the room, it's better if she just shares. It's, she's going to do it in a, just a few minutes. I, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, give Iona a round of applause. Um, oh, yeah. This is Iona, everyone. She is a core part of our congregation, and she actually shared this about a month ago, but I just really felt like it was to share again today, so go for it. I knew you were going to ask me out to share. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, hi everyone. Um, so I uh, was travelling to Belfast back in October and I flew through um, Luton Airport and um, I stopped off at the MAC counter there just trying on some makeup and I felt like um, I got chatting to the girl behind the MAC counter and I felt like the Holy Spirit prompted me to ask her about her necklace. She was wearing a crystal around her neck and um, she said, oh, yeah, like, I'm, I'm into the new age and this, that, and the other. And I said, oh, well, I'm a Christian. Um, I believe in Jesus. Is there anything I can pray for you for? And she said, oh, okay. Um, yeah, maybe you can pray for my back because I get quite a lot of back pain. She's a young woman. So I was like, sure. So I prayed for her back um, just that she'd be healed. And that was kind of quite a simple prayer. And then um, I said, oh, by the way, what's your name? And she said, oh, my name's Harina. And I said, oh, that's such a beautiful name. What does it mean? And she said, chosen, but I don't know what I'm chosen for. And I said to her, well, I, I believe you're chosen by God. Um, fast forward, that was that back in October. Fast forward to March, um, I was going back to Belfast through Luton Airport again. And... Uh, I was with a friend and we were sort of drifting through duty free and I said oh it's funny I prayed for this girl here and I said but she's not here anyway we were just about to sort of head off to the perfume counter and uh, classic um, and then uh, I saw her and she came over to me and she said oh it's Iona isn't it and I said yes how do you remember my name she said well you'll never believe what happened when you prayed for me, I felt like this cooling gel go all the way down my back. Um, my back was healed, and I went home that night, and I said to my dad, I, I think there's power in the name of Jesus. And um, a couple of weeks later, because she was deep into the new age, she reaches out to her psychic, and her psychic texts her back and says, oh, actually... Um, I'm not into that stuff anymore. I've given my life to Jesus. So she was like, oh my goodness. She was like, I really need to like look into this thing and figure this out. Um, so she finds a Bible in her house, which is her great grandmother's Bible. And she prays and says, you know, Jesus, if you're real, can you reveal yourself to me? And she opens the Bible and at the bottom of one of the pages, it says the name Iona. And 
uh, I, I said to her, as we're having this conversation, Iona isn't in the Bible. You know, it's like, are you sure you're reading the Bible? Um, and uh, she, um, she said, no, look, she'd taken a photo of it on her phone. She said, look, it's the, it's the font that the Bible was written in. It says, Iona, clear typeface. And she said, I know. I was like, wow, cool. Um, very clear. Um, and, uh, and she said, so I gave my life to Jesus and I'm getting baptized this weekend. So, I know. So good. Love that. Um, why don't we stand to our feet? I mean, that story just fills me with faith. It's like such a great example of the Holy Spirit's power with the message, um, and also Iona's obedience.